Would you remain standing as we honor the reading of God's holy word? Our scripture this morning comes from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 13. Listen to the word of the Lord. What to those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of falling over pagans. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain. And those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge one day to be other. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord, so that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? For you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God so that each of us will be accountable to God. Let us, therefore, no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray that my words would be your words, and that the meditations of all of our hearts would be accepted. Today we are continuing our series looking at the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the church at Rome. In chapter 14, we can assume that Paul has been informed of a quarrel that is going on among the people of that church. Whatever else Jesus may have envisioned for his church, the one thing Jesus was clear about was that we probably never be So Romans 14 stands as a witness to the 
as we carry in three points. Point one is to embrace acceptance and non-judgment. Point two, pursue peace and edification. And point three, avoid being a stumbling block to others. Now this core that we have been growing is about food. I heard some of you have a sentence when you heard that. It, it does seem silly to us that a conflict like this that Paul has to address in his book in his letter to the Romans has to be Thank you. 
said something like, what do I believe in Jesus? And what is to be saved? I'm going to follow these rules and regulations just to make sure I'm an acceptable and comfortable, right? I mean, you can understand that. It didn't take too long before these two groups, all thoughts that we can destroy, started to regard the other with suspicion. Those who refused to keep kosher snickered at the immaturity of the weak group. You know, those complicated people, those who were so antiquated, they probably said stuff like, oh, look at those weak Christians. How quaint, how ancient that they still do these things, right? On the other hand, the Jewish Christians found plenty cause to look down upon others too. So they might think stuff like, well, how dare they live so casually? Haven't they read those scriptures that were handed down to us from Moses and from the prophets? I bet if they would read those and study those, they would obey those kosher laws right away. Well, and then they might even say, and didn't Jesus say, I came to you know, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Well, and these are really strong arguments, I think. The congregation at Rome was clearly in trouble and they were on the verge of splitting up. In fact, um, in one sense, the whole sameness of the church refused to have anything to do with each other. I mean, really, think about it. You couldn't even have a good church without a problem. You couldn't, like, for example, let's say old Mary, she brings her casserole, right? She's got her casserole over. I know some of you ladies have these casserole dinners. Some of you guys, I'm fond of casseroles from the Minnesota. Uh, and she brings in this crumb that she wants to serve it to her guests. She takes the foil off, and what you see, scalloped potatoes with ham and bacon? I mean, really, this was going to cause a lot of trouble. I mean, nobody's going near that buffet. And then the others are going to be offended. Mary and her crew are going to say, well, why are they so people so sensitive? It's just a little bacon. Well, um, it's not 
Jesus Christ and live out this ethic of love when we place others before us for ourselves. That is the way to really truly experience the kind of life that we were created for. And that brings us to our next point. What should we do within the church community? How should believers relate to one another? The point says our focus should be on pursuing So Paul is responding to both the meek and the strong, and he responds to them in love. Both are acting on their own consciousness, but their honest scruples don't need to be rules for the whole church. I mean, there are things in our church that are essential and are essential to the faith, and they are worth fighting for. I love that our denomination has essential tenets of you, you don't need to argue about non-essentials to create this harmony in the body of Christ. So, if you and I, we encounter a, a believer who found his need to Jesus Christ, who can, with his love, confess that Jesus is Lord, then it should be enough for us. We don't have to criticize everything about that person or one another in the church. We don't need to argue or debate issues that are not central to our common confession. And that is true even when things might be considered spiritual or purely what is ignorant and just irrelevant. Individuals may have different practices and observances, and we should prioritize that we work towards unity of body or personal accountability. In the end, Paul tells us the weak and the strong to lead one another in peace. Both are guilty of judging one another, of measuring each other in the faith. And so it can't be about grading one another backwards.
the living Lord. It's a subtle reminder to us that the presence of the living Lord is here with us in our community. He's here now. He wasn't just whisked out of sight after his resurrection. He returned because of life. My life, your life, our, our lives that are shared together. Thank you. 
outside. 